The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. And sponsored by March Communications, connecting innovation and people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. This is Arun Sudhaman, and we're in New York today with the two other Homes Report editors, Paul Holmes and Arthi Shah. It is the morning after the Sabre Awards, so um, I think we're all a little bit tired, uh, but we're going to talk um, for a little bit about the Agencies of the Year competition. Um, Last night we handed out a number of trophies uh, to the best performing agencies in North America. Um, so perhaps we could start with the specialist categories, uh, and in particular the um, Consumer Agency of the Year, which went to Olsen Engage, and, and they also won the overall Specialist Agency of the Year. Uh, Arthi, perhaps you'd like to, to tell us what stood out about Olsen Engage. They're a firm that's done quite well over the last few years, but they, they really seem to have moved to another level. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing about Olson Engage this year is they were they could have been competitive in several categories. And this was the first year that we've recognized them in consumer, yet it's also the year that they've shown the most sophistication beyond the consumer offering. They um, Their employee engagement work has really stu- has stood out in the awards competition there. Some of their public affairs work with Elevate Minnesota, which they won for last night, has stood out. What's interesting also about them and why you know they've been recognized in the past mostly in the creative category their work is not creative for its own sake like they Mm. do an excellent job of showing the business impact of the work that they do um so that's that's what business their business performance also has been really strong i mean well it'll be interesting now that brian specht is now going to be overseeing the advertising and the brand business as well at olsen and how that their work will evolve with that um, the one piece where they have where, where they had the most challenges is on culture, and I think whenever you have, and you know, an integration and an acquisition like they went through with ICF, that will happen. But they did they cut their voluntary turnover rate in half in the last year. It was it was it was on the high side before that. So um, so yeah, I mean they're they they have. I mean, from from the perspective of the Sabre competition, they ended up taking home four gold trophies. Um, which, you know, certainly more than any other agency their size, the only people with more than that were, were giant multinationals mm-hmm. in the top five. Um, and, um, you know, if they've been in the creative, if, if we'd ended up putting them in the creative category instead of the consumer category, um, they might well have given Ketchum a run for its money in that category. I, certainly they could have won in either of those two places and I don't think anybody could have complained. Mm-hmm. And they probably would have been competitive in midsize. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to look at Olsen's progression because, you know, it came from, they were, I think, once upon a time, an agency called Dig. Is that the kind of the origin story yeah. of, of Olsen? And then, and then what happened after that? Like, I don't actually recall. Well, uh, and Dig, Dig, Dig was sold to, um, to Olsen, the advertiser, the Twin Cities mm-hmm. ad agency. Um, Pete Marino, mm-hmm. who I think, you know, certainly I had considered to be the driving force behind the early success uh, moved on to a, a very successful career on the client side of the business, mm. and you know they, they 
from the outside at least, you know, if if they if they missed a beat, it was a very quick beat, and then they were, you know, back on course and doing great work. If I had a criticism, sort of four or five years ago, it was that their creative work was a little stunty. Um, but honestly, I, I you know, that, I, first of all, I'm not even sure that's a criticism anymore because mm -hmm. I think. You know, the, the public, the old-fashioned publicity stunt has morphed into something different that is much more about, you know, generating huge social media buzz and being talked about and inserting yourself into a conversation, so it's become more sophisticated. They are very, very good at it still, but they're very, very good at a lot of other things as well now. And they are genuine, you know, brand builders. They're not just product publicity people. Their, their ideas drive products development. They did that with Starbucks, they did that with the, the packweed chip company. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Okay, well another specialist agency that, that perhaps um, maybe may, may have surprised a few people, um, our digital agency of the year last night went to HUGE, um, which is of course the first time that they've won that category. In fact, the first time I think they've taken part uh, in the competition. Uh, and they've had some changes over there. They've brought in uh, Jason Schlossberg to oversee their PR unit. Um, what is it about their digital uh, capabilities? I mean, obviously they are a, they are a digital agency. <laughs> oh, there's some background noise. What is it about their digital capabilities that stood out? So, so this is a category, and that it's become increasingly, I think, hard to identify the standouts. And mm -hmm. part part of that is the playing field has really leveled. And some of the most agencies have caught up to some of the early pioneers on the digital front. So, with with huge, I guess the question is, were, were we recognizing their full digital capabilities, or were we recognizing the PR component of it? And I feel like we were doing both, yeah. right? And and I feel like in some ways we've elevated the bar on what our expectations are around digital. Uh, I just don't think I just don't think it makes sense to make a distinction mm -hmm. anymore. I mean, look, every, everybody, I think, is aware that I have a very broad definition of public relations. If you're helping an organization build a relationship with any element of its public, that's good enough for me. And you know, on that, by that definition, everything huge does is is PR in the very broadest sense, regardless of how they structure things internally. Um, and there's no question that when it comes to that, you know, stakeholder relationship building and consumer relationship building, um, they are. As, as digitally savvy or more than most of the PR firms that we deal with, and there is, you know, they understand PR as well as most of the PR firms we deal with. I I was very happy um, to see them in that category mm -hmm. and and making an impression. And their work in the uh, in the, in the awards mm -hmm. competition was um, interesting and good. It wasn't quite good enough to win last night um, in some very tough categories. But you know, their entries were, every entry was discussed by the judges and came to the forefront and you know just fell a little bit short. But the work they're doing is very good. Mm -hmm. Okay, well let's move on. Which category should we talk about next? Perhaps one of the size ones. Um, I, I, on size for me, I mean, I think Maybe we should start with large mm. because I think mid-size is where we're going to have the mm -hmm. the big conversation. Um, you know, large, large was difficult last year for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, all of the all of the traditional big agencies 
um, underperformed. You know, I don't think there was anybody um, anybody in that class of you know Edelman, Weber, Shandwick, Ketchum who are normally in that discussion. Um, Fleischman, uh, those guys. I don't think there was anybody who grew by more than sort of low single digits. Right, four mm -hmm. percent would be about the the best growth any of them accomplished last year. Yeah. Um, and while that's not the only thing we look at, it's one of the most important things we look at. Um, and so actually for me, the conversation in that category um, came down to a couple of things. I mean, I still think you know, Edelman took home six Sabres last night. Weber, I think, took home four or, four or five. Five. Mm -hmm. um, they, they maintained their the quality of work, even though their performance was down from previous years. Mm. But having had almost a decade of Weber and Edelman trading off mm. the, the Agency of the Year trophy, um, it, it seemed to me that in, in what was a down year for both of them, neither of them should really have been in the, you know, right at the very forefront of the conversation. And so I think it's fair to say that the conversation came down to two smaller large agencies, Conan Wolf and W2O, W2O in there for the first time. Um, but I, you know, at 140 million in US, uh, you know, mostly US mm -hmm. fee income. Um, they're bigger in North America than some of the firms that we have traditionally thought of as being, you know, giant full service agencies. And so they definitely earned their place in the conversation. At the end of the day, I think Conan Wolf's financial performance last year, the only the only one of the sort of holding company agencies to achieve double-digit growth. Um, the quality of their work and their thinking, their transformation into a much more integrated, experiential, digital, social PR firm. Um, and you know, the fact that that performance was recognized by WPP um, by giving them, you know, uh, the reverse takeover of, mm. of Bursa Marstella. Yeah. Um, all of that, to me, um, made them a very strong winner in that category. Mm. Yeah, I think they were the, the, the obvious winner, really, given that they'd had double-digit growth last year and they seem to be on track. For more this year, obviously, it'll be, we, we'll be watching closely to see how they perform once they are saddled with a much bigger beast in Burson Marsteller. Uh, but the mid-size category, uh, and this kind of dovetails quite nicely with our global rankings as well, um, it's, it's clearly the most competitive category, I think, in, in this year's Agencies of the Year competition. Um, from the rankings, we're seeing that the mid-size agencies are driving growth in the overall market. Of course, it's from a smaller base, we have to bear that in mind, but it's not just about being from a smaller base. Um, they seem to be uh, leading in terms of of creativity and innovation. Um, they are both, I think, agile enough and entrepreneurial enough to adapt quickly, and yet they have enough scale, uh, certainly enough scale in a world where I think scale is, is perhaps valued less than, than, than it once was. Um, and, and that actually made for a difficult decision. Yeah, I, 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 I think now there's, there's, there's that something that agencies have said forever is more true today than it's ever been. I, the, the pitch of the mid-size agency has traditionally been, we're big enough to handle a big assignment for you, but we're not so big that we can't be nimble and entrepreneurial and flexible. And I, you know, there, there was a time when I think that was just a cliche and you know, uh, uh, 
just what you said. Mm. But I do think that's become true now. I think you know you require a certain scale um, in order to have the full range of capabilities to execute a national campaign for a big brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and if you're a twenty-person agency, it's di- it's difficult to it's difficult to afford some of the different kinds of talent that you need now in data and analytics and and, and other areas. So that's fair enough. Um, but but at the same time, there's a level at which scale becomes disadvantageous because you cannot adapt, you cannot change, you can't hire new talent quickly, quickly enough um, to meet the changing demands of the marketplace, especially if you have to go through this public ownership sort of, you know, level of approval after approval after approval and six months later it comes down and they say, you, yeah, you can hire somebody who understands this and, you know, by that time the client need has moved on oversimplifying obviously but if you look at the if you look at the list of the specialist winners right we had um, the GNS Gibson Searle as they used to be Mid-size. in corporate B2B Sadva Binan in financial Finn Partners in healthcare SKD Knickerbocker in public affairs those were all mid-size agencies they would all have qualified for, for mid-size agency of the year as would Olson our mm-hmm. consumer agency of the year as you pointed out mm-hmm. um, and looking across the finalists in mid-size, and GCI Health has been by far the, the best performing healthcare agency of the last five years um, and deserve to be part of the discussion in mid-size. Zeno had the kind of year that, that in literally any other year, I think could have earned them not only mid-size agency of the year, but overall agency of the year, their new business performance, their gr- sustained growth numbers, some of the things that they're doing um, in, in, in research and in evaluation um, and in sort of new product. And, and culturally, you know, I think they're, they're very strong too. So, you know, in any other year, yeah. any of the sort of eight, thir- eight firms that I've just mentioned, and I think our, our French West Vaughan was, was part of the discussion, you know, any of those firms yeah. could have taken home mid-sized agency a year. And I don't think anybody could have gone, well, that's, you know, really, those guys? I mean, mm. you know, I think they, they, they were all performing. Allison, I'm sorry, who I should have mentioned in this, because I think mm. they've had sustained success over the last few years. And all of these guys were legitimate contenders. It took something really special to take it out of their hands. Yeah, it's, the interesting thing about Marina Mar is that they are... So of the mid-sized agencies, I think they're the only one on that list that's publicly owned. Yep. Which I find quite curious, because usually when an agency becomes publicly owned, it doesn't necessarily improve their performance. Well, GCI is um, part of WPP. Oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, well, yeah Allison. GCI. And Allison's GCI. part of NBC, right? Of course, yeah, 51%. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting with Marina Mar because, I mean, Paul, you probably know the historical context better than, than I do, but since they sold in 2011, they seem to have, it seems to have improved them rather than slow them down in any way. Um, I wonder if, how you see that as a turning point in their progression. Um, I mean, I, I think that's true. I think they've actually done a really smart job of leveraging the additional resources mm. that come from being part of, of a holding company environment uh, like that. Uh, because you know they, they haven't necessarily said, give me some money so I can go out and buy, mm-hmm. you know, international growth or add new capabilities or anything like that. 
um, which is probably a good thing because Omnicom has not exactly been generous with funding for PR agency acquisitions. Mm. But they just seem to play and collaborate really well with others. Mm. And so, you know, they have a very good partnership with Ketchum um, through that, that MNK mm-hmm. that gives them the international reach that they need. But also, you know, they, they partnered on last night's platinum winning mm-hmm. um, campaign with Fleischmann Hillard, another Omnicom sister agency. Um, and, you know, I think there's a recognition that they bring something to the table um, in terms of creativity, in terms of understanding marketing to women, in terms of, you know, some of, some of the um, influencer marketing stuff that they've developed over the, over the years. Um, that maybe the other agencies don't have, and they've they've leveraged that and and turned it into an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I I also think Marina has surrounded herself with a leadership team that's that's very very strong. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got to run, so we need to bring this to a close. Okay. Well, it was fun. I mean, the whole the whole process of, of picking the agencies of the year this year was fun. Mm-hmm. It was more challenging, it I was. think, than it's ever been before. Really I agree. Um, yeah. There were twenty five firms on the short list that could easily have, you know, easily have won, mm-hmm. um, and we had to narrow it down to what is it, ten or eleven, or, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, terrific year for for those mid sized firms in particular. Indeed. Thank you all. Thank you. You've been listening to The Echo Chamber. Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers. Sponsored by March Communications, connecting innovation and people.